Hello guys, welcome to the Free Hammers podcast, episode 107. We're very, very lucky we're joined by Hammers United committee member, Andrew Bryan. Uh, spoke really, really well on his West Ham Fan TV interview and also on his Knees Up Mother Brian little he did with Graham there, another guy we had on the show a few weeks ago. Absolute pleasure to have you on, mate. Andy, welcome to the show, mate. Um, can I say, start off by saying, amazing, amazing um, what happened at the weekend with the protest. Um, for anyone who don't know you, mate, please introduce yourself, mate. This age is yours. You know, uh, Andy Byrne is, <laughs> is how you say it. Uh, oh, did I pronounce it wrong? Sorry, mate. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I just introduced myself to you, first of all. Um, but no, 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 I'm all good, mate. Thanks very much for having me on. Um, you know, really, really chuffed about it went the weekend. Um, it's, it's great to hear. It's great to hear so much positive feedback. Uh, so many people encouraged by, um, people just encouraged by coming together um, and encouraged by where that could take us, really. Hmm. Yeah, um, it looks fit, mate. Thousands and thousands of people. I'm just going to flash a picture up uh, for anyone watching. Uh, that Greenway, I don't think you could fit any more people in there, mate, if you tried. I really don't. Sorry, mate, I didn't catch a word of that. Uh, I was saying uh, Greenway, mate, there was so many people there. I don't think you could fit any more people in there, even if you tried, mate. Yeah, so we were um, we were a bit nervous, actually, before we... Uh... You know, before we got people together, because you, you just can't tell, like I said on West Ham Fan TV, you can't tell when you're immersed in these things. You know, when you're, when you're immersed in Twitter and Facebook and the website every day and you're, you're constantly just putting messages out um, and you do a lot of talking to people you know will be there and you know will support you, you just got no sense of, of really the, the reach, you know, and how, and how wide it's getting um, and how much of the fan base you, you reach out to. Uh, um, and, I, you know, I, I, I couldn't believe how many people was there from Plasso. Um, so we was in the community centre earlier and then we went round to the Vic. Um, and looking at some of the pictures of people walking down for the Vic, there must be thousands there just, you know, even at Plasto. And then more joined at West Ham, more joined at Stratford. Um, so we've got a guy who does, um, who did some drone footage for us. Um, and he's done the density calculations on that. And he reckons at the peak, as we were coming past Pudding Mill Lane, he reckons there's about 8,000 people there, which is which is unbelievable. Wow, yeah, that's amazing. Obviously, you say that you didn't really know what to expect. Were you were you surprised by just the sheer numbers? Did you what 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 sort of numbers were you were you expecting yourself? Did you think it'd just be a couple hundred? Do you think it would maybe be sort of two thousand again? Did you ex, did you ever think that it would go that that big? That it would get that massive amount of support? No, I think he's gone. <laughs> I think we've lost him there, guys. Um, obviously, he's in a car. We could have. He's mobile. Um, so if we he does were, we come were really back, nervous about calling that first protest. We, we spoke about it for a long time and we had many, many meetings. We were to and fro in between. Do we go? If you look back to, if you look back to December, um, I, don't, I don't think that many people would have heard of Hammers United. Um, we had a few mm. thousand members and we were growing steadily. And, you know, we, we were at that point, our, um, our reach was our, was our Facebook group um, and our campaign was, was letters to the board. Um, and we had an initial meeting with a supporter liaison officer, which we felt actually didn't go too bad. Uh, and so we were to and fro in between, you know, and that, and that was around the time that, um, that Pellegrini got sacked and Moyes came back in. Um, and we were just being, we were being put under, uh, not necessarily being put under pressure, but a lot of calls to protest. And we were saying, you know, if we call this and people don't turn up, we're going to look stupid. You know, it's, mm. uh, we're, we're, we're going to shoot ourselves in the foot if we call this and no one turns up. So I remember calling the first one on the 18th of January. We were talking amongst ourselves saying, you know, if we get 500, are we going to be happy? If we get 500, are we happy? If we get 500, does at least show that we've got some sense of support here that we've got that we can galvanise the face in some in some way. By all accounts, there were there were two thousand there on the uh, on the eighteenth of January, um, and that really is what and it really took off from there. Um, and that's when we heard back from the support liaison officer after our first meeting. Um, and without going into too much detail, um, I shall I shall say uh, mixed messages mm. is what I should say. Um, after the after the first meeting that was quite positive, the um, 
after the support and liaison officer had gone back to the club, um, the message that came back to us was certainly not the message that we uh, had been given in our initial meeting, um, which is what led us to then think, right, okay, um, <laughs> the board are not going to, they're not going to, off the back of this first protest on the 18th of January, they're not going to to say to us, right, okay, we'll engage them. That 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 became quite clear from the, from the call that we got after the 18th of Jan. Um, and so then we thought, right, okay, let's, um, you know, we have to plan another one. Um, and it, it took a lot of work behind the scenes. Um, people, uh, people, I think, were kind of galvanised by the one on the 18th of Jan and were saying, you know, we, we want to do another one, but when can we do it? Can we do something inside the ground? Can we do lots of ideas coming our way? Um, and if, you know, it, it, it doesn't seem like a lot to be able to put out on Facebook and say, right, guys, meet at this time. We're going we're gonna to walk along the Greenway. But, you know, the hours and hours of, of graph that have gone in behind the scenes to get to get that into place, um, it will be until that time. Um, and, and we're kind of glad that we did. You know, we gave the club the chance to engage. We were putting out the branches on a regular basis. Um, and we were asking them to do things for the fans and to show that they're willing to, to get on board. Um, and I guess in that time period, they, they've kind of shot themselves in the foot, really, the way that they've responded to everything. And to get the numbers that we got, um, we got on the Greenway, it's phenomenal, absolutely mm. phenomenal. Do you do you do you think now the? I, I mean, I don't know if they've reached out again after the protest at the weekend. Do you think it's too late now? Do you think it's it's past that? Do you think it's it's going to be too little, too late? Um, or do do you think there is hope for for a sort of understanding? So, yeah, I mean. I think I think the fan base in general um, kind of flips and flops between. Uh, hold on a minute, is there hope with these people, or is it too late? Now, I think I think we have probably a hardcore of our fan base who would have made their mind up perhaps even before Golden Sullivan joined. A hardcore of our fan base who would have heard the stories from Birmingham and who would have said straight away in 2010. We don't want these people, and they they never would have changed their viewpoint since then. I then think we have another kind of sway who would have been quite frustrated with the way that the move was managed. Um, so I think there was another sway of people trust was lost um, after the move uh, after the way the move happened. So in terms of in terms of your question, I can answer it personally, and I can answer it from a Hammers United stance as well. So mm. Hammers United stance is now quite clear. And that is that we lobbied the club for dialogue for most of the year. Um, and, our, and our terms for dialogue, we felt were quite reasonable, which was we would like a meeting as the independent supporters group for the FSA representative in the room. You know, if it's going to be a transparent meeting, they have nothing to hide. There's no reason why an FSA representative shouldn't be present. And we would like to meet outside the official supporters board, which is a construct created uh, by the club for the club. Now, now, Hammers United, when those terms weren't met time and time and time again, and not just those terms weren't met, when we were actually when we were actually met with um, kind of a hostile uh, kind of a hostile um, approach from the club, where, where they've then gone on the offensive and tried to try to almost take us apart in a sense, that has led Hammers United to believe that that, that these people people can't be dealt with and that we need new ownership at the club. Now, from my point of view, uh, um, I like to think uh, a, a little bit, I'm a little bit of kind of an idealistic and a little bit of a... <laughs> Again, guys, um, really um, scratchy line with Andy there. He's talking some really good stuff there, but I can understand there's, there's a few bits of yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you just cut out for a little bit there. Cut out for a tiny bit there. Yeah, no. So, so I was just saying, from, from, a, from a philosophical and an idealistic point of view, you could take any, any single issue you want, any single issue you want, and you can slice it both ways. So you can have people that will say for the club and people that will say, no, that's terrible. So if I pick an, if I pick any issue at random, let's say the £99 season tickets, some people will say, that's fantastic. I can get my family for a cheaper price. I like what the board done there. 
can't believe what they told us we were buying. I can't believe they said this would be easy to upgrade. You can just buy a plus one. They were conning us. They were getting it. They were trying to get extra money. So any issue you want, you can slice it both ways. The way I look at it from a, like I say, a philosophical and idealistic point of view is you look at this as in, in the kind of, in a crude business sense. If you say the football club is a business. Now, personally, I'm not happy that the owners of that business are giving consideration to customer care. Now, I'm not naive enough to think that any owner genuinely cares about what the customers of their business actually think or feel. Didn't bring comfortable seating in because they want their customers to be more comfortable. They brought comfortable seating in because they know at the end of the day they're going to sell them more burgers. But the byproduct of bringing that comfortable seating in is that a McDonald's customer, someone fanatical about McDonald's, now gets a better experience at McDonald's. So I'm not to believe that any football owners will really sit there. We love our fans. We want to do everything for us because they're the heart and soul of our club. However, the football owner has got any sense about them. I think they if actually do do things for our fans. And if we do put our fans first, and if we do think about our fans, and if we do make it out that we care about our fans a little bit, they might actually get a better experience and spend some more money and better experience in the run. So I was talking to someone at the mm. weekend who's, who's telling me about some research um, on... Um, it was a Germany. It was a, a journalist, sorry, from Germany, who was saying that the latest research and ground redevelopment shows that you should redevelop the ground um, within the area where it was first built. You shouldn't move out of town. It also shows that you should um, to excessive size or capacity. Now, the theory behind that is actually eventually, if you're seen to be a club that is in touch with the root, its community, and a club that can generate atmosphere rather than developing it on a purely business plan that says out of town, easier to get to, more seats. So, if you look at, for example, what they've done at Anfield, they portray themselves in the public image, in public view, as clubs that have, you know, the bank of fans behind the goal, the flags, they're in touch with their community. I'm sure the owner don't care I'm sure the owners don't care whether they're whether they're you know it's, but publicly they portray themselves as a club that is at the heart of their community and that has not gone down the road of um out of town stadium and a big philosophical stance point of view i would like to have owners who at least portray themselves as owners that care about for want of a better phrase the customer and owners that actually want to link in and do something for one of a better phrase, that, that customer. Yeah, mate. Definitely. Definitely. Um, Andy, I'm going to have to leave it there for you, mate, because the stream is really, really bad. And uh, the people watching in the chat are saying that they find it really, really hard to hear what you're saying. So leave you there, mate. I really appreciate that you came on and we'll try and get you on for a better line later, if that's yeah. okay. If it, maybe when you get home or whatever like that, if you try again, is that okay, mate? Yeah, yeah, it's no worries. Uh, cheers no, for no, that. There's no problem. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. If we're still on, mate, just click that link again. And we'll try and get you on then. Thanks a lot, mate. See you in a minute. See you in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, we apologise there, guys. Obviously, Andy talking some really good stuff. I, I couldn't quite make out what fully what he was saying there. I know I don't know whether you could fully make it out either, Paul. Could you make it out totally there? Yeah, no, no, no. I, I get what he was saying. He's basically saying about the the I think exactly the same as what we all want. Um, for anyone who's just joining this in the chat, that was Andy uh, from Amazon United. Obviously, the guys uh, main guys behind organising the the protests and everything. And um, and and I, basically, the the message is: we just want owners that care about the club. We want owners that that are, that are putting the fans' best interest first. 
Um, and, and I think the so, so just I just see I can see comments in the chat there. One from Gary saying that if we were Champions League, would people care about the state of the stadium? Obviously, when we're winning games, when things are going well, yeah, obviously everything's a little bit better. Obviously, everything's a little bit nicer when things are going well and we're winning games. But then problems are still there. They're still in the background. The good times ain't never going to, they're not going to last forever. And all it takes is one or two losses. And then all of a sudden, you're all back to how bad the stadium is, you know. Um, I see if you're not even from a fans point of view, even from a commercial point of view with the stadium, if you're corporate right if you're running a business and you're getting a box and you're you're taking clients and all the rest of it you want to take them to a football game and your box looks over scaffolding and a massive gap where you can see the concrete permanent seats underneath it's shocking it's poor so i i think even if we were winning even if we were winning the league if we were in champions league if we were playing in europe i still i still don't think those yeah it's always going to be a little bit better but i don't think the those problems are going to completely go away at all very true mate um yeah on the uh protest obviously what is your opinion on it now mate obviously now and he's not here to join us unfortunately i'm really really gutted actually um huge success though no huge mate. massive huge, success mate. yeah massive huge. success and it's great to see just the... gonna flash that picture up again mate sorry you can commentate over it go on no it was, it was fantastic to see i mean you look at that and that is it's amazing. It's great, great, great to see. If you go back a couple of months, um, we were discussing on here whether the, that heart was still there, whether whether the fans still had it in them to, to get together like this. And I wasn't sure. Um, but I tell you, mate, they've, they've proved me wrong massively um, because 100%, and I've seen people saying the same thing, but we're just showing the club's still alive. The fans are still there. We've still got a voice. And it, yeah, it's amazing, amazing, amazing things. Hopefully, it has the right outcome. I don't know. I still ain't convinced that they're going to sell up just off the back of it. Uh, I was going to ask Andy actually because one of the things that Andy did say on his um, both his interviews, West Ham Fan TV and um, oh, what was the other one, Knees Up Mother Brand, he said, you know, he was asked like, "What is your motive now going forward? What is Hammers United's motive?" And he said, "It be carry on until they go now. Mm -hmm. No, they can't change anything. That would make us happy now. Um, wanted to go, and, and I quite again. That's why I invited him on because I really liked what he said there. Um, like you say, mate, do you think that can happen? Or do you think they can realistically achieve that goal? Up? I don't know." I mean, there, there's there's going to be a breaking point for everybody, but I still think they're probably going to try and hold on till, what is it, 2023, when mm -hmm. the, the clause runs out, which means they could then sell the ground, uh, sorry, sell the club without having to pay any money to the government. I think they're still going to try and hold on to that as much as they can. That as well, mate. I heard that as well. So important, mate. Yeah, they apparently they want uh, fan representation on any new board, apparently, as well. See the problem is though, and yeah, so they're they're they the OSP. The oh, we've got Andy. We have got Andy back, mate. We go. We've got him on camera. Hello, Andy, mate. Hopefully, this is a Hello, mate. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Uh, yeah. Apologies for <laughs> what happened there, mate. It was such a bad line, and we had people in the chat yeah, going, yeah, "We can't no worries, really mate. hear him." And I, and I wanted to give you a fair representation of yourself, mate. To be honest with you, yeah, we were is just discussing, better? mate. A lot better, mate. A lot better. A lot better. Yeah. Uh, we yeah, were just yeah. saying, okay, mate. Cool. Um, what was said. Um, yourself about uh hammers united's motive now is obviously one of them out of the club now and there's nothing that they can change mm -hmm. um do you want to ex sort of explore that a little bit more just tell us a little bit more about that yeah yeah that stance has kind of come come from the journey that hammers united have been on themselves um so in the journey that Hammers united have been on themselves we've learned quite a lot about the way the board operate. Hmm. Um, so when we started this journey, which was uh, March 2019, we all had our own individual stances, obviously. And, and, you know, by March 2019, a lot of people would have would have wanted them gone. A lot of people would have already had enough. Um, as an independent supporters group, uh, we, we kind of approached it in a way that we thought was best and he asked we asked our members at the time what they thought was best um so our approach from the start was was one of dialogue now to be honest what's led us to this point is 
our experience of how the club have managed us as a group and um, then our experience of what's happened since our group has become a little bit more public. Um, so, you know, the, the FSA have, have guidelines, not rules, but they have guidelines um, over how clubs should engage with independent supporters groups. Now, the club navigate those guidelines. Um, they, they use the official supporters boards um, to make sure that they just about meet those guidelines. Hmm. Um, now, the official support board is not affiliated to the Football Supporters Association. However, there's no, there's no law to say that the club can't use an official supporters board. But what we've found that during our during our year of trying to engage with the club um, is that what seems to be most important to the club is that they can control the messaging um, so that their revenue streams aren't affected. Mm-hmm. They don't seem to be interested in... Um, I mean, I don't know how much you heard of what I was saying before um, about our owners of business who obviously, obviously are not going to genuinely care about how the customer feels. Mm. However... Our owners don't seem to be interested in even giving any lip service to how the customer feels. So if, if they were interested, I believe that they would have said to us, OK, you, you clearly built up a, um, a kind of quite established membership. You've clearly got quite a reach across the fan base, a fan base. You've gone, you, you're affiliated. Uh, you've got a committee. You know, you've gone through things the right way. If they were at all interested in even just paying lip service, they would have said, right, okay, yeah, guys, let's sit down, let's have a meeting, we'll listen to you, we'll take your points on board, you know, uh, we'll go away, we'll think about them, we'll get back to you. But because they're so, um, they, they they don't think anything threatens them until it yeah. perhaps really does threaten them, you know? Mm. Um, I, I was going to say, very confident. I, I, yeah, exactly, mate. I was going to say, just while you were saying that, I remember... Uh, I'm very active. Well, I say I'm active. I'm always on these up mother brown reading that forum all the time. And I remember when yeah, yeah. um Amage United first popped up on these up mother brown, um, you know, drumming up support initially. And I definitely get that feeling that the club, I, d- I definitely don't think the club took it seriously. I really don't, especially after what happened previously, um, you know, with the, the foul protest and all the rest of it, how they managed to overcome that. Um, Hundred percent, mate. I think they had that feeling that they were invincible. Maybe that that you know, the, the United way, were the just way a little do, The way that they've dealt with us, um, it, it strikes me that they. It, it strikes me that they're very arrogant. Mm. Um, so I mean, first of all, which other which other boards in the country would you really know that much about the people who own the club? So mm. which other which other boards in the country? have somebody you know uh who who who's on twitter the whole time which which who which other board members in the country are constantly on twitter? which other board members in the country will will purchase belong to the training ground because they like the player which other board members mm-hmm. don't bother to have a scouting network because they think they can scout themselves um which other board members demand apologies from size but what's kind of struck me over the year that we've been dealing with them is that they um, they want to control the messaging. Anytime they feel threatened about controlling the messaging, they will go and try and control it some more. So they might ban a few more people if they feel like they're getting to them. They might reduce ticket allocation if they feel like there's going to be a protest. They mm. might, I mean, what they've done recently, the messaging that they were controlling was through the official supporters board. They then decided, can if support last minute, and I know for a fact, people on the official supporters board were not happy with that. So what the club will do is they will cast them aside. They will make a new official supporters board, but they will then say it's a new democratic. Way. They will use that yeah, to control yeah. the messaging. And when they're done with it, when they're done with it, they'll cast them aside and they'll make a new one. It's it's them. It is all about control, and that control only comes into play when they think something about is about to damage a revenue stream for them. Mm. Yeah, you've definitely got them rattled. That's really clear that you've got them rattled. Obviously, like you say, mate, they're trying to censor the media. 
they're trying to uh, allegedly. I'm going to use the word allegedly, so I don't get in any trouble. Um, yeah, mate, uh, you've got them rattled. Um, and there was also something you said about um, you'd like fan representation on the board for any takeover that potentially did happen. Um, do you think you, you've got a chance of possibly doing that if that if the takeover was to happen? You think you could be successful there? Um, so, so in terms of like, in terms of kind of what comes next, um, what we have some months, but can, can you still hear me? Yeah, 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 yeah. um, yeah, it's all good, so, mate, yeah. What, what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks and months is, um, just starting to drip feed our message out there. About what the about what our kind of vision for the future might be. So I think what's been uh, what's been very important in like the in like the first phase of this process has been to show um, the extent of the support for GSBL. Very important to show um, how that reaches from young to old, uh, you know, from male to female, across the fan base. Um, 8,000 people walking together to show that they want GSB out. But we know that, you know, we know that, that that's, that's not going to happen easily. Um, our messaging is not aligned. And if we're not ahead of the curve, then we will start to get, we'll start to get picked apart on that. Your messaging can't, mm. can't simply be um, GSB out. It can't be as simple as that. So, well, as a group, um, we have uh, we have plans in the next few weeks, the next few months, to start to introduce into the wider realm what is our what is our vision, where could this go, how could the club progress, and one of the ideas that we quite like as a group is the idea of um, long lasting fan representation on the board. Something similar, I believe, was done at, at Portsmouth when they were um, when they were going through their uh, kind of protests and 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 like trying to restructure the club. Now, if we, you know, if we get to a point uh, much further down the line where um, someone, some group, doesn't have to be Hammers United, could, could be anyone or anything, a group that truly represents uh, the fans has some kind of seat in that boardroom, some kind of place, or, you know, some kind of ownership in that club. I, you know, how, how that comes about and what that, you know, exactly what that looks like. Um, I don't have all those answers yet, but that's kind of it. that's kind of in our thinking at the minute. A way to, as a way to ensure that something like this never happens for to come. Um, consideration is always given to the opinions of fans, so there's always a thought behind everything that's done at the club. There's always a thought. But but how would this how would this be received by the fans? But how would the fans react to this? There's always somebody in that boardroom that's saying, "Come on, guys, we've got to think of the fans on this." Yeah. So if it's um, if the conversation goes, well, we can't afford to take uh, the bigger allocation at Liverpool, the person who's sitting there representing the fans will say, "I'm telling you, they'll sell out. I'm telling you, there's three thousand people that want to go to Liverpool. I'm telling you, if you lose one thousand pounds on this." In the long run, it's still a sound business decision because you want to keep your way support on side. Uh, so we want somebody in the room long term who who looks at everything through the lens of a fan. Hmm. Okay, mate. Um, one of your taglines, mate. I think this goes slides really nice into the next section. Um, is support the team, not the regime, and it certainly worked, mate. On Saturday, uh, let's talk about it. So West Ham three, <laughs> Southampton one. Uh, <laughs> what I really like about the whole this fit this whole movement, you know. It's all peaceful, all calm. You know, as soon as that you walked into that stadium, I don't know, it had a feel of like Upton Park vibe of the walking down Barking Road. You know, right. like that Green Street yeah. thing. There was that real family yeah. vibe there. Anyone who's been, uh, went to the protest in my work said they had that real nice vibe. And I think that transferred into the stadium for the first time in a long, long time. Do you know what? That's um, So I'll pick up on two things you touched on there. So one, a really nice, nice product of doing this is that I enjoyed going to home games <laughs> on a personal on a personal note you know um I I really enjoyed like having a few beers in Plasto and and walking down the greenway with that with 8,000 like-minded people 
Um, so a really nice byproduct of what we're doing is that it kind of feels like it's brought people together, even though it might not be over a cause that you want to be brought together over, it's brought people together. And I was, I was talking to someone um, on Saturday and I said, I kind of said, actually, now I think about it, that's actually really what football is about. Football is about bringing people together because when you look at it in its simplest sense, you say football's about um, 22 people kicking a ball around a field. It sounds stupid and it sounds ridiculous that people get so passionate over 22 people kicking a ball around the field. Yes. But it's so, so what it is, is it's about it's a football's about coming together and about sharing emotions together, about getting behind a common cause and the euphoria of scoring a goal, the disappointment of losing, and the, the you know, the wash up that you have in the pub afterwards where you, where you talk it through with your mates all evening. And it kind of, since we've been doing this, it's felt like people together. Which has, been, which has been an absolutely fantastic feeling just for me personally. And then the, the, the thing that you mentioned about um, positioning it so it's um, support the team and not the regime. Um, I mean, my, my, my dad and his, his family, uh, they're all from Coventry. So <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard support the team and not the regime for years. Um, but it's, um, it, it's, it, it was so important to us. And, and we took a lot of flack when we announced the first protest because people said you cannot do this. It is going to affect the team. So it has been so. We 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 have been. We've actually been. We've been bowled over by how um, how clear cut people have been able to do that. Mm. Like um, I spoke about Liverpool on Stand Fan TV when um, the protest against Liverpool was inside the ground. So again, we're really worried because we're thinking if this spills over, you know. If people carry on with banners up, and if, if we go one goal down, to this could turn really nasty yeah, inside the ground. A bit nasty, yeah. Um, so, so we were, you know, we have been, we've been bowled over with how people have been able to manage that. But on reflection, I kind of think, and this is going to sound silly, but I kind of think the protests have improved the atmosphere in the ground. Mm-hmm. That's because what I've picked up on watching carry, it until it felt happier. Yeah, it felt happy in there. Yeah, because you don't carry frustration into the 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. So I think people people have been... The other criticism that has been levelled at us is that this is results-based. Now, you, when it's, it's not results-based, but if you're behind in a game and you're already frustrated about what's going on with the board, what you're likely to do is vent that frustration at the fact that you're losing. The, rest, the frustration doesn't come from the result. You're not frustrated with your club because you're losing the game. But what you'll do is just start singing anti-board songs or, mm. or having a go at the players because there is a deep-rooted frustration with the club. Now, if we are able to allow fans to channel that frustration before a game and to channel that frustration week in, week out, and for them to feel as though they are united in the channeling of that frustration, and the channeling of that frustration is being heard and is having some effect, why would you ever carry that over into a ground? In fact, you're going to feel better when you go into the ground and you're going to think, right, I'm up for 90 minutes of football now. And I, 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 I actually felt that. I actually felt that at Everton. I felt that at Anfield and I felt that again at Southampton. Yeah, mate, definitely. Uh, Paul, on the game then, mate. Um, what did you make, mate, of the new boy, Bowen? What a player. Let you have Brilliant. a go, Paul. Yeah, no, brilliant. Um, f- first of all, fantastic. Really, really good. Um, much, much better lineup. Much better team. Um, and I, it was probably the team I think most fans would have picked. Um, but yeah, Bowen, mate, he looked really, really good. The biggest thing that struck me about him is the runs that he makes. He makes those runs between the defenders that nobody else on our team seems to make. Um, and obviously, obviously, his goal come from that. Um, but he looks really good, really promising. The only frustrating thing is why has it why has it been left this like why has he been sitting on the bench up until now? I don't know why he hasn't been starting. Uh, I, I don't buy the old um, you know, he's come from the championship in his time. I don't I don't really buy that from Wes. Um, but yeah, he looks great. And it was it was gr- really, really good result, really, really good result, and we needed it. You know, this was think, a must-win uh, game. I think Funnels as well, mate. I think again it's all the question marks of why he's been left out of the team as well, two assists. Exactly. Obviously, got his goal at Anfield as well. Um, it's a really, really good performance all over the pitch. Obviously, it's been talked about a lot, but um, 
anyone really impress you, uh, Andy, from that game? Oh, I, have to, I have to say, Joe. I have to say, I have to say, Joe Bowen as well, mate. Absolute class. He's, um, he uh, and <laughs> you hit the nail on the head in formation. Um, I mean, what is it? Halloween's the most flick-ons in the Premier League, mm-hmm. and he's yeah. uh, he's been playing up front in his own all season. <laughs> and you know, and Antonio, Antonio's a beast. He is, oh, he, he is, he? But he is. Like, technically you know. <laughs> terrible. I, I can see there yeah. from your t-shirt, mate. You're a PE teacher as well, like me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah technically, one of the worst players I've ever seen. Uh, always got to have a guy like it that in your team. Me, <laughs> it, yeah. it, remind, it reminds me of Marlon Harewood. Like how, yeah. how Marlon Harewood would just, uh, like, because um, so I, I worked in Camden where um, where, where Marlon Harewood was kind of first discovered. And um, he was he was known as a sprinter. And he was a sprinter who was converted into a football player. And you could see that when he played. You know, yeah, yeah. But he, he was a beast. He was a beast. Mm. And uh, Antonio is the same. You know, I when I used to play, I, I played at the back. And the one thing I hated playing against was pace. I hated playing against. And he's powerful pace. as well, obviously and as well. Yeah, he's yeah. He's, he's, he's strong. He's, he, yeah, he knocks people about for fun. And when you've got when you've got him and Haller um, occupying those centre backs, that allows people like Bowen or Fornells or Anderson or Lanzini or whoever it might be. That allows them to come into the game and affect the game. When you've mm. got Haller isolated on his own, he dealt with by one or two centre backs. The other, the other players, well, as well, I feel it affects their game if the ball is not sticking up top and if the, and if the centre halves are not occupying the centre backs and the full backs. That's it. And with Haller up top by himself for so much of the season, like you say, mate, it's so easy for defenders to mark. If Haller, uh, sorry, Antonio doing something, Bowen doing something, these defenders they can't think too quick. You know, they, they've got to think about what he's doing, what he's doing. But um, one player we haven't mentioned, uh, we've got to give him some yeah. credit, and Gakia, mate, he's just been, you know, he's come in and he reminds me of when Glenn Johnson come in. Obviously, I'm not hoping for the same yeah. result we went down that year. But, um, you know, he's given us some positivity, another young player that's come through. Um, I'll let you talk first, Paul, mate. What, what did you make of his performance? Obviously, this was a bigger test, obviously. We've seen him against Liverpool and City. What what did you make, mate, of it? And uh, Paul, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, same, same again, mate. I mean, he just looks he looks comfortable considering. I, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I thought I was reasonably clued up on the youth team players, and he seemed to just come out of nowhere for me um, when he was put into the lineup against Liverpool the first time. Everyone was saying the same thing: "Who's this kid?" Um, but he's slotted right in, and I, I've seen a couple of interviews with him since then, and he's talking really well. You know, just saying he now he wants to make that his spot. He wants to make it difficult for it to be taken off him. And he's going about it exactly the right way. Um, obviously, he's young, he's pacey. You know, Zabaleta's legs ain't of, of obviously what they were. Um, and I think with him and Fredericks, there's a really, really good sort of battle there to keep that right back spot. Um, and, and for me, 100% now, that's his place to lose. Definitely. I, like We said this last time as well. I don't like building up the kids too much. You know, you don't want to over... You know, you don't want to um, put too much expectation on him. You don't want to overhype him too much. Um, But, yeah, it's a fantastic start. Fantastic start to his West Ham career. And, you know, long may it continue. But you, Andy, mate, what do you make of uh, the new young boy? Brilliant, mate. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. I think, yeah, you know, it's like Paul says, you don't want to, you know, when a young player comes through, you can get very excited at first and think, you know, brilliant player, he's going to be absolutely fantastic. And then you see a lot of them fall by the wayside Mm. and disappear. But, um, yeah, no, it, it, he's been brilliant. But just, I, I've got to say, um, I've got to say, if if you're playing two up front, it does expose your central midfield slightly more than if you have that one in behind. And I mm. thought, Declan Noble, Mark Rice. Uh, Declan Noble, Mark Rice? That would make a good partnership, wouldn't it? I'll tell you, that would be the perfect partnership. Declan Noble and Mark Rice. Yeah, but, um, but no, sorry. Uh, uh, Declan Rice and Mark Noble, I thought, I thought were absolutely phenomenal. I, I do not, I do not understand why people give Noble stick. I do not get it. We, you, we, we are never. First of all, on the club side, we're never going to have another player like him, probably in my lifetime. We've been to the club and played as many games. We're not going to get someone that long again. I don't and, think. No. And you watch what he does, and he knows exactly what he's good at and what he's not good at. He knows what he's good at and what he's not good at. He'll get the ball with his back to with his back to with his back to play. He's confident. He'll receive it off the centre halves, 
he'll get us playing and he won't try anything he can't do. And and Declan Rice alongside him is he's been magnificent. Last five, six games he's been magnificent. Yeah. Definitely. A lot and like I say, I, I, I really hope him, we see him next year. I really hope he's still in a West Ham shirt next yeah, year. Yeah. I know, I know. I mean his his first game where he played um his first game where he played defensive centre field was away at Anfield in the first game of the season last season. And he got dragged off at half-time. Um, and I was I watched him that game. And I said to my mate at half-time, I said, he's he's done. Like His confidence looks shot. He didn't want the ball. Yeah. I said, he can't remember, play. Uh, I said... Remember the St. James's game as well, where he passed the ball back and it led to a goal as well. Do you remember that yeah. one? And again, he got yeah, dragged yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. We didn't yeah, see him for about yeah. three games. Yeah. Well, I, I thought at that point, after watching him against Liverpool... I thought he's never going to play um, defensive centre midfield. I thought he's only going to be able to be a centre-back ever. And I thought we won't see him in the first team again for a long time after that performance. I'll tell you what, like he's, he, he proved me wrong big mm. time. He is brilliant, that kid. He is absolutely brilliant. And what I love about him as well is, I mean, I know he's a young kid, so he obviously, he obviously loves doing this, but he always comes over to the fans every single oh, away yeah, game yeah. whether we whether we've you know whatever the result is he's he's over he's over there with the fans every single away game and you mm. can tell in the goals that he's scored how much he loves it and that just kind of that just kind of endears him to the fans even more starting to carry the ball as well now and he's starting to actually yeah. the ball and yeah. actually drive with it now and that's having yeah. like, so checked the last couple of games obviously nobles provided him with that opportunity to go forward in this it's just making him a better player. In these sort of yeah, I've got um, I've got a mate actually who's a who's a scout. Um, I mean, you won't be pleased to hear this, but he was sent to watch Declan Rice earlier in the season, um, and I was chatting to him after the game about Declan Rice, and he said that's the one thing he hasn't got in his game. He said he doesn't he doesn't go forward quick enough. He doesn't drive forward quick enough, and he can't play enough uh, kind of cutting passes quick mm. enough. He said his game's too simple. It doesn't. Because for a defensive midfielder these days, you've got to be the complete the complete yeah, yeah. package to be able to play at a top club. So you look at um, you look at defensive midfielders who play at the top level. They can turn defence into attack very quickly if they get the opportunity. And I think Declan Rice has started to do that now. Yeah, definitely, mate. I think he got some harsh criticism after the England game, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And you know, mm-hmm. oh, if yeah. that was Kevin De Bruyne, Kevin De Bruyne pings that pass mm-hmm. out to Sterling. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think if you get how old he is, you know what I mean? The geezer's only what just turned 20, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and and the come, fact that most of his career has played a centre half. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And it's uh, the CDM role, that uh, central defensive midfield role, you know, that takes time to develop that mm-hmm. role, you know, yeah. like mm-hmm. sort of yeah. coming to their prime yeah. when they're little, yeah. sort of about 25, 26, yeah. you know, like Fabinho's, Kante's, I'm thinking. Yeah. And if you look at if you look at the difference between him, uh, Liverpool away first game of the season last season, and Liverpool away this season, for example, mm-hmm. look at how much he's learned in just over a year, and mm-hmm. think about how good he's going to be in another two years or three years when he learns that role. He is phenomenal, and I just pray that we have him at the club next season. Yeah, mate. My fear is even if we stay up, if we have the Euros England, and um, he has a good Euros, I can't see him staying at the club. Yeah. I really hope I'm wrong doesn't need to go yet. He could stay with us for another three mm-hmm. years, you know. He'll still only be 23 and then move. But, um, yeah, that is yeah. my fear with him. Definitely my fear with Big Dex. Yeah, um, yeah. so great result. Uh, we'll move on very quickly because we've run out of time. So, um, Arsenal weekend. Um, last time we played them, we lost 3-1. Obviously, to the worst Arsenal team I've seen in about 20 years. Um, I don't know how we lost that game, actually. Um, and, oh, look at that. Last time at the Emirates, we lost 3-1 as well. Um, they did win the other night. They beat Portsmouth 2-0 in the FA Cup. Uh, they're currently 10th, which is terrible for them. 37 points. And obviously, their top goal scorer, for me, their only danger man, uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Um, what do you think, guys? Um, I think we can get a draw there. Um, and possibly, if we play like we've been playing, we may even beat them. Uh, a lot of Arsenal fans I work with, you know, they've been really, really negative. But when are Arsenal fans positive? Um, <laughs> what do you think, Andy, mate? Do you think we can get something there? I, th- I think we've got a good chance. I think we've got a chance. Do you know, do you know what? This, this is one where I cannot call it. I just think this is going to be, I think it's going to be two even teams. I think it's, it's it could be a good game, I think, this. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a 3-1 West Ham. I wouldn't be surprised to see a 3-1 Arsenal. And I wouldn't be surprised to see a 2 all. Yeah, it's I mean, I know, I know it doesn't answer your question, but I, <laughs> I don't know, but I know exactly what you're saying, man. I think yeah. both got 
Well, Santa, our defence has been a little bit better last games. Their defence is shocking on it sometimes. You know, David Luiz can be absolutely shocking sometimes. Um, again, it's that potent attack. You know, they've got Ace there. That Martinelli's really come on for them. The young where obviously Aubameyang, Lacazette's good for a goal as well. Um, like Sam, I think it'll be full of goals. I really, really do. What about you, yeah. Paul? I, I agree, mate. I, I think um, because of that, because their their defence can be a bit shaky. I think we can get them. You know, it again, it all depends on what we do. If we go like we did against uh, Southampton and we've got Antonio and Alia running and pressing that that defence, 100%, I think we can get a result. 100%, as long as we don't sort of fade back and try and sit back a bit more and go a bit more defensive, then I think we'll be in trouble. I think if we go for it, this is definitely a game. I think we have to just go for it. We have to go yeah, for it. And if we do, I think we'll get a result. Uh, I'm going to flash up the Arsenal team. I hope Andy will be able to see it as well. Can you see that, Andy, mate? Can you see that picture at all? I'll have a closer look. Uh, yeah. So, uh, no, carry on. Carry uh, on. It, no worries. I'll go for it. So, obviously, Lacazette, Martinelli, Willock, Aubameyang. Is there anyone you really fear in there? Is, it, is there anyone you feel we can get at as well, in terms as well? So, Aubameyang, obviously, is obvious. And on his day, he's yeah, one of the best yeah. strikers in the league. Um, I think, like you said, I think if our if our back four is um, is on you know is on song, I think we uh, I think we're good enough to keep them out. Um, but I I, I, won't, I won't surprise if there's goals at either end. Um, but I think for this it, it does it does come down to our formation more than anything. And for me, just, just like Paul said, it's key to if, if we play two up front and go for it, I think we've got a real chance. If we approach it like Man City, we might as well not bother. Um, mm. So I think it, I think it really is going to come down to how we set up and how we approach the game. And I, and like I said before, I I mean, irrespective of league position, I actually think these will be two really evenly matched teams. <laughs> They've not had a good season at all, mate. At all. Yeah. Um, obviously, this is how we lined up the last game. Slightly bigger picture. Uh, I've been calling for this formation for such a long time. The four-two-three-one. Um, there's not really anything I would change about that. Anything from you, Paul? For us, would no. you, anything you would change? I, I would keep it the same. Um, yeah, no, I, 100% I would keep it the same. I wouldn't change anything. I'd line up exactly the same way. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's simple as that really. There's not really much more I could go into. Yeah, no, definitely. I would, I would keep, <laughs> no, I no, place, no place for Felipe Anderson to come back in? It's really difficult, mate. I mean, I would. I want to see Felipe Anderson playing games. I think he's easily one of our best players when he's on it. But who do you drop? Who do you drop? Um, I think at the minute it's. I don't think Fonals you can. Has, Fonals picks himself as well now. Fonals yeah, I mean, Fornells has to play. Antonio has to play. I think Alier has to play as well. Bowen has to play. Bowen, <laughs> you know Bowen plays. So then, where 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 are you putting Anderson in? I can't it's see. A good problem only, to have though. Very good. Yeah, it's a great problem. The only the only way I think that you could fit all of those in and Anderson is if you dropped Fornells back, took Noble out, maybe put Fornells in Noble's position and then brought Anderson on a bit further up. But it's not saying I would do, I, I wouldn't change it. It's it, like you say, mate, it's a really nice problem to have, um, but I don't know where Anderson fits in at the minute. Uh, gonna... My question about Anderson would be, did, you know, when he had his opportunity, did you think he made himself undroppable? Mm. Uh, that's a good point, mate. That's a very good point. And I really like Anderson. He's one of the ones, you know, that I give a bit more time to. I forgive him. Like Paul's mm -hmm. very much like that with Lanzini. Um, yeah, that's a really good point you make, mate. Uh, at a Bournemouth game, he scored that goal. I thought he might have turned the corner here. He just mm. didn't, did he? He, he hasn't mm. quite... But he just because he's, he's, go he's a good player, you, can, you know, yeah. just because he's a good player, you can't you can't look at him every game and go, oh, he's a good player. He's class. He is class. No, that's right, Next mate. game he'll do it. Next game he'll do it. Next game he'll do it. You know, yeah. if, if Bowen and, and Fournells come in and do it, you can't drop him. As, mm. You've got to let them have a run in the team, haven't you? You've got to let them yeah. you know, make their own mistakes or play their way out of the yeah. team like, like the others have. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Uh, I'm going to ask you for a little prediction, guys. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to say 2-2. Two, two. <laughs> I think mm. we'll get a point. I think it'll be a very good point as well if we do get a point. I'll be happy with a point. But you, Paul? I'm, gonna, I'm getting my optimism back now. It's, it's, it's all going <laughs> wrong, isn't it? Um, so, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to say I'm, I think we're going to win. Um, I'm gonna say, I'll say two one. I'll say two one. Are you Andy, mate? Uh, I'm gonna go Desmond as well, mate. <laughs> 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 um, 
I'll tell you how we're with this now. We've got about five minutes left. After, obviously, the result, uh, the weekend, obviously, no successful protest, a little bit more positivity about the club. Where do you stand on relegation, mate? Do you think we will have enough when we get to May? Or you maybe one of those, a bit like me, ask me in three games' time? Hmm. Oh, um, oh, God, that's a tough one, mate. Um, are, are there three teams worse than us in the league? I guess is the question, isn't it? Um, Fee's Norwich seems to found a little bit of form now. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. See, see, a few a, a month or so ago, I was writing off Watford and I was saying right, they're definitely gone. We can discount them 100%. And now they're back in it. If Norwich win a couple of games, they're back in it. Um, our fixtures are not particularly kind for the next few coming up with with Arsenal, Chelsea, Spurs to play. Um, it's it's going to be so close, mate. If you ask me for a prediction, I think we will just scrape out of relegation. Just. Mm. Yeah. But you, Paul, has your opinion changed since Saturday? I can't really say yes, mate. I can't. As much as I want to. Off the back of, you know, yeah, yeah, we played really well against Liverpool, but then Liverpool lost three in the last four now. So that don't really say that much at the minute. Um, and then, a, yeah, a good result against Southampton, but Southampton, I, I don't know, we've, we've, we always feel the result over game. them. I, the I still think, mm, I still, side. yeah, it's, it's so, so, so difficult to call now. It really is. Because we could go either way. We could go on a little run and we could end up way out of it. Or all it's going to take is another couple of defeats and that's it, the edge drop, and all of a sudden it, we're, we're gone. It's just so, so hard to call. So hard to call, mate. I don't know. If if you had to say 100% now, do I think we'll stay up? Right now, I would say yes. But again, it's like Andy says, only just. But I don't know, mate. That could literally all change next week. Who yeah, knows? In three games' time, it could all change. Yeah. yeah. Right. I think we'll leave it there because we've kept Andy for a long, long time and I bet he wants to get home. <laughs> He's pulled over so kindly for us to do this video. Um, no worries, really appreciate you coming on, on mate. Yeah, yeah, been, no I, worries. I really no worries. wanted you on. Uh, thanks for like obviously filling us in on everything that's going on. Good luck with your next one. Obviously, I reckon you've got a real big thing to announce and I'm looking forward to the next announcement, <laughs> what the next protest is going to be. And I really hope, mate, yeah. you're successful for us West Ham fans and getting them out of our club, mate. I really, really mm. do. Um, well, from us. I appreciate your kind words, mate, and I'd just like to say thank you to everyone who's, you know, including yourselves, who, who's backed them and put us where we are. We wouldn't be anywhere without without support, you know. So it's 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 down to each and every person. It honestly is. That's it, guys. If you haven't subscribed already, hit the subscribe button. Until next week, guys. Come on, you irons. Keep believing. Check out Amers United. Um, get involved if you haven't already. Let's go. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, guys.